Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast. This is one of the series of podcasts we do that look at big ideas and important ideas in the 21st century and also look at how different people are trying to be innovative or making a difference in a century that is very challenging for us all. And in this particular podcast, we're interviewing Mercy Francis. Mercy is a a member of the BME community, uh, the black community in fact, and she has been on a journey of consciousness throughout her life as the black community has changed its identity and developed sort of complex identities in response to their own position in society and in response to the changes in society itself. And that journey is interesting and what she has to say about her own communities I think is important because we all can learn from it. And that journey is interesting and what she has to say about her own communities I think is important because we all can learn from it. So I hope you'll listen to Mercy and enjoy this podcast. So, Mercy, thank you for joining us today. Um, maybe we could start by asking you if you could say, not a great deal because we've got a lot of questions, but if you could say a little about yourself and your journey and where you think you are now. Okay, good morning and thank you for having me. Well, uh, currently I'm the chairman of Pets with No Conservatives and um, I've been on a long journey um, to get here. As you mentioned, um, I started off in business. I, I did training in media and culture and communication. And um, I had children and ended up, um, because of the hours to do, to do with how, um, as a media person, you work, were not suitable when you have children. So I decided to start on an, a business, which, you know, a business you can work around your own time and um, work around the children. So I did that until my children were old enough and they were all in school and I decided to now do what I wanted to do. I went back to uni, did my master's um, in digital media and I also um, enrolled onto MP shadowing scheme because I've always wanted to be in politics. So, uh, yes. Okay, well, we talked to you about your journey into politics because you're, you're, you're from the community you come from and you're a conservative and some people will say, wow, that's, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I mean, you are from the BAME community and, and how important is that identity to you and has identity politics been an, an important part in your life and your journey? Oh, yes, it has. Um, well, because obviously I'm a conservative and... Um, the BME community are known for being Labour supporters. So when you say, as a black person, I'm a conservative, they're like, why? <laughs> why are you, you, you've um, basically gone to the wrong side? <laughs> um, so for me, um, I decided to look at the manifestos, what the party is offering me, instead of just joining the multitude, which is what I believe most people in my community do. They vote Labour for one reason or another, whether it's because their family voted Labour or they get a WhatsApp message and they know everybody in the community is voting Labour because they believe, like when I went into a shop on Saturday and they found out I was the chairman, 
of the Conservatives, they said, oh, why, did, why are you voting, why are you um, with the Conservative? Don't you know the Labour Party is the Black People's Party? And I thought, how did they arrive at that? Well, I, supp I suppose, um, in a way, you know, the identity politics which the black community developed over years has been important for developing a sort of collective self-confidence. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's important because although you belong to a party and there are other parties as well, political parties in the mid-20th um, uh, century sort of didn't listen to the growing communities. They sort of sidetracked it, didn't they? Yes, I think um, that's where you have people like Diana Abbott, um, who are the pioneers, who um, Labour obviously welcomed the BME um, community into their party. And um, I, I believe that's probably where a lot of people get that whole idea and philosophy that the Labour Party is a party for the BME because they welcomed us and allowed us um, to, to have a voice and um, the, the, the party, as people would say, for the working class, which most um, BME people are, but I believe that is changing. Um, we're in a new era, a lot of BME people and BME community, especially black people, um, are beginning to enter, they start their own businesses and um, have high jobs and, and even like the head of civil service is a black person. So they're beginning to have uh, a lot of responsibilities. But, but I, I suppose when you look at it, the, the reason why so many BAME communities and particularly the black community orientated towards the left was that in the 60s, you had the growth of multiculturalism. And you had people like Stuart Hall, who was at the Open University, and I knew him, he was a fantastic man. But he yeah. was a sort of great advocate of multiculturalism. And yeah. he was one of the founders of the New Left Review. And so, you know, black politics tended to sort of gravitate towards that, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, it did, because there was just so much um, in, injustice and there wasn't a, a balance and I believe um, because of a lot of the black people who were here at the time were here, like the Jamaicans, because of coming to help with the railway and all that. Um, so, yes, the, that whole philosophy was, was um, badly mis misunderstood. But um, as people have settled down into and integrated into community and they found their identity within um, the British system, they're able to, to now make up their minds um, where and which party they should be with. Yes. Do you, do you think the parties themselves became interested in the BAME communities and particularly the black communities in the first instance because of principle or because they saw there were votes in it? <laughs> well, I think going by my own um, experience, and that's how I actually got into politics, was when I was 18, I joined the Conservatives, as you do at 18. And when I got there, they said, oh, um, we'd like you to represent the party to run as the MP for the area. Because one, this was in the 90s, showing my age, um, that, that in the 90s, they said, um, one, you're a woman, so you tick the box there. Two, you're black, and we have very few of those in our party. So it would be a good um, way to represent 
And, you know, I, I guess it was sort of like saying, ticking brownie points. Well, I mean, so, so what was your journey away from the left? And, and do you think that uh, there are many, many people in the black community who are now not voting on party lines, that, that they're having a different approach to how politics works? Well, I guess for me, um, my parents were conservatives anyway, so um, I might have done that and followed initially that, that route because my parents voted conservative. But I do believe that now that we've moved on um, a couple of decades um, ahead and the world has changed and the UK has changed considerably, um, the BME community are now moving away and beginning to um, join the Conservatives and join other parties at the Lib Dems as well. So, yes. So, so is that a sort of natural progression? When you come in, you tend to feel a sense of uh, isolation. Um, I, I remember reading about in the United States in Tammany Hall, when the migrants came in, Tammany Hall of the Democratic Party grabbed them. And in a way, it was the Labour Party sort of welcomed them. But now yeah. in America, you see, you know, ethnic minorities voting in all sorts of different ways. And you think that's beginning to happen here as well? Yes, I do believe that's beginning to happen because I was actually surprised about uh, eight years ago or so when um, the gate man at my son's school had said he's actually running for mayor um, under, the, um, under UKIP. And I was surprised and I was thinking, UKIP is not a black people's party. Um, so I was, I was surprised and realised, yes, that change is happening. Um, we're beginning, some people I think it might be for career advancement. Others is because of their convictions that they do want to change parties because they, they, they're beginning to reason and they're beginning to see themselves as British rather than as immigrants in this country. But that surprised me as well. I mean, we've got three Brexit Party candidates standing in the borough in which I live, and they're all from BME communities. And, you know, some people say, wow, um, you know, that, that's not where they belong. I mean, how do you explain that? that I mean, is it, it I mean, it, it's very difficult for a lot of people to understand that. I mean, do you understand that? Yes, I understand that. Um, as I said, sometimes it's to do with career advancement and people wanting to join a party that is welcoming them and giving them the opportunity that they want, in, in, that they do feel passionate um, about politics, about um, wanting to change. And I think that's even another thing that um, a lot of our community, um, they've moved away from complaining, which is what I used to find um, a lot of our community were doing, especially with the group I joined, Operation Black Vote, who tried to uh, get the message out to the community that rather than sit at home and complain, you can actually make a difference by joining a political party and also not just joining uh, voting, you can also join a political party and become a politician you can become a councillor, you can become a school governor, and you can get involved in your community in one way or another and shape the community to be what you want it to be. So I think that's where you're seeing a lot of different uh, BME people joining different parties according to their own convictions.
But do, you, do you think also it's a shift in identity politics, like many people in the BAME community, black community especially, again, are saying, you know, uh, we're not just from our community, we're now British. And it's a statement of saying that. I mean, I remember making a program in Liverpool with British-born blacks who'd been there for like two or three centuries. They came over with the slave trade. They were before the recent migrants. And they were very much black and British. And they had yeah. a different identity to the migrants. And do you think that that's what's happening now? Yes, certainly. I believe a lot of people um, who have settled here for a long time, they're beginning to see themselves as British and not um, from their homeland, um, because I, I did speak to, um, about this, that I think before I used to find, if I went around African people, they, they didn't speak about Afri uh, British politics, they rather spoke about African politics and they knew everything current about African politics in whichever country they came from. But now I think the whole issue of Brexit has opened up a new conversation in politics where people want to get involved. They realize politics has become very important in their life and they need to do something um, in order for, for their lives and their future generations for things to change. But there's a difference between the different black communities. We talk about the black community, but it's not one. I mean, the Windrush generation now yeah. are saying, yes, we're British and they talk British politics. If you talk to some of the modern Africans who come over here, like Nigerians, they're still talking Nigerian politics. So yeah. again, is that a process that people go through? Yes, I believe it's a process. Process, a process they go through and um, they're beginning and I've, I've met a lot of Nigerian conservatives actually which I was absolutely surprised um, yes that I think it's a process and and those who have become conservatives and even um, the Labour ones they're very very strong about their convictions in the party and they're very active in their parties and in their communities so yes I think there's, there's beginning to be a shift so that that's your identity yes yeah, in political identity yes so, so for you that shift is is quite noticeable i mean your yeah. journey you you said you had conservative parents but have you seen people in the black community shift their politics as they've moved on um or is it again like in british cases in the past it's what their parents were and the background they came from well, um, speaking to a few people in the last 18 months, they've told me they've shifted their politics. Um, there's one um, person who told me they used to be um, a Labour supporter, but they realised, and I think it's also about social mobility, that um, as, as people um, progress up the social ladder, they begin to, to um, change parties. Um, but, yeah, but is, is that out of conviction or out of career advancement or out of social status? Um, I think it's out of conviction because I think um, as you study, you begin to, to actually um, question why are you actually doing something? Why am I voting for this party? Is this party actually supporting the things that I actually believe. Are they supporting my children's school? Are they supporting um, employment and various things? Um, yeah. Okay, so 
in a way, the, the, the identity politics that we saw in the 1960s, and I saw, they are giving away my age there, but <laughs> you know, that the politics we saw during that period, strongly grouped, strongly ethnic identity politics, that's breaking up in a way, and it's sort of much yeah. more buried. Does that create any problems? Um, I think it is, but I don't know whether it is also whether it's the politics at the moment because we're at a this whole Brexit issue has um, caused a lot of people to have a lot of emotion. So whether it's Brexit or it's um, people feeling very strong about their political stance. I mean, it's interesting you say Brexit because it's affected us all emotionally as well as rationally because yes. it's made us question our identity. You, you know, yes. everyone, me, everyone. But um, are you saying it's had a particular effect on the the BME community and particularly yes. the black community, you know, that, that we didn't really foresee? Yes, because uh, um, what I'm getting, a lot of people are... Are, are Remainers because they believe that they're going to be thrown out of the country if uh, we leave Europe because of this whole Human Rights Act um, that they won't be able to appeal. So um, it's it's so it's for me. Whereas I feel that Brexit is opening up a whole load of opportunity to trade with with the Commonwealth, and they're not looking at the bigger picture, um, but. Yes, Brexit is, is playing a very strong um, thing in, in political identity and a lot of the BME community are saying we are Labour supporters because Labour is supporting um, Remain or <laughs> which are, at the moment Corbyn doesn't know whether we're coming or going and he wants a referendum. But yes, um, it's, it's more to do with... Um, what is currently happening in politics. So, I mean, there's the fact that the black community comes from, you know, different parts of what was the old Commonwealth in many ways. Does that give them, as they change their identity, does that give them a different view and perception of what Europe is? Yes, it does. Um, it does definitely give them a different perception of what Europe is. But I think also you mentioned about um, the Caribbean community. We recently had the issue of the Windrush um, um, issue where David Lammy did that wonderful speech and he was very um, um, passionate about it. And I think that also gained a lot, of, a lot more um, Labour supporters. That, that, I mean, the fact that you said that David Lamy made that wonderful speech, and it was, it was a really old-fashioned British parliamentary, you know, incredible speech. I mean, do, do, do you see that you and people in the black community can sometimes, because of the history of being here, sort of cross party lines? You, you don't sort of totally get into the British, British adversarial system, but that you're, you're a bit of each sometimes. Yes, you are. I think um, for me, as a as a uh, black African person born in Zimbabwe, I'm still Zimbabwean, but I'm also British, and uh, I I do um, still have my hand in certain things to do with Zimbabwe, and I think you'll always be what you are, and you can't um, get away from from your history, 
and your culture. And I think sometimes, and, and I think that's this thing a lot of um, BME politicians get, is that they're sold out to their culture and they've forgotten their culture. And I think um, because of them entering politics, but I think that's one of the points uh, David Lammy was trying to prove that he's still firmly rooted in his um, Caribbean heritage. Yeah, I mean, I, that certainly came over and that, that was, was, was really good to listen to. The yeah. other sort of cultural shift, which you represent as well, is that many of the black community are now no longer wanting to be employed. They're quite happy and they want to become self-employed. And there's yeah. a huge number of black entrepreneurs now. Um, I mean, why do you think that's happened? Why are you one of those? Well, I think it's because we're realising that when... When you work for yourself, you can control your income. When you work for somebody else, um, you only get paid enough to keep coming back. And, um, and you'd rather have unlimited um, um, amount of money where you can work your own hours. Um, and I think for a lot of BME community as well, where you have children being self-employed, you're able to look after your children and we don't have um, family and friends here to help us look after our children. So you're able to work around your, your children. And I think that's another aspect of it, but it, it's also about being in control and trying to give back and uh, give back to, to the UK who've welcomed us here and given us a lot of opportunities. So, I mean, is there a, a sort of black entrepreneurial group that provides you help and back and, and sort of support as you develop a business? Because, you know, if you come from the sort of Windrush generation and then you move into self-employment, that's a huge leap. Yes, there are various groups. There are loads and loads of groups these days. Um, there's a lot of business networks um, uh, that, are, that have been going on for, for years, um, black business associations so and they give that support to to black businesses um it's, it's becoming very very big um because i know last year there's somebody who who um was doing a black business uh, directory where you could get together with other black entrepreneurs and if you're unable to bid for big contracts you can then find somebody who's within that group to go and bid for a transport um, contract um, together. Uh, you're both in, in the BME community. So yes, I think um, we are finding our voices here. And you're also finding your voices, aren't you, in the media? There are many, many more black journalists, black interviewers, black presenters. Um, I mean, do you think that's a general change that in the mass media, they're recognising we are a multicultural society, or is there still an element of tokenism there? Well, I think um, the... the um, well, I don't know whether it's to do with all these new laws of diversity in workplaces, um, but I know like um, there was controversy last year, or the year, actually two years ago with the BBC, where they gave a job to a black person and they were specifically looking for black um, uh, people for those vacancies and somebody who was qualified for that position because they, they were not black, were not given the job and they were not happy about it. So I think um, it works both ways that 
both the BME community are trying to enter the media, um, but also the media are also trying to, to involve us and they want to represent the nation we live in, that we're now living in a multicultural society. And um, they see that it, it, the, the TV that people watch should actually um, showcase that, show the people that people should watch, the people that um, is on the other side of the TV. So, so is there, you, you, you know, lots of people on the left say, you know, we should have uh, positive discrimination towards black communities, women, women disabled and so on. Do you think we're moving now into a different era where we're saying, you know, they've now so progressed compared to what they were 10 years ago, that yes. now we've got to really look at ability and not get down to these sort of little boxes? Um. To some extent, I do, but I think we, there's not enough that is being done. There still is a long way because I know, especially like you mentioned, disabled people, um, there needs to be more representation of, of, of disabled people, even especially within the BME community, um, in media, in business, um, and they're being sidelined. So I think um, that conversation still needs to be open and they still need to be recruiting and targeting more BME uh, people within business and media. Okay, Alice, so you've been on quite a long journey and, and you've seen the whole uh, sort of environment of identity politics change. Some people have argued that identity politics was great in the 60s because it gave you know, groups like the BME community, disabled women and so on, a chance to move in a way that they couldn't before but it raised questions of fragmenting society of endangering social cohesion now do you think we have to now or are we at a stage where we've got to rethink what social cohesion is is it something like with your journey it's happening naturally or do we need to look at a new sort of framework for social cohesion um I think we we do need to look at a new fa uh, uh, a new position, but I think with me it happened naturally, as you said, and I think for different factors, um, my education, my background in media, um, the people you knew, and in business, the connections I already had before have helped me to get to where I am now. Um, but I think other people do not have that same opportunity, and um, so I think there still needs to be a lot of work done in that area. And, and that's one of the reasons um, you knew of my Black History Month, that I'm trying to help that to happen, that a lot of BME people don't know what is accessible to them. And for me, I'm trying to get them to know that and also get uh, the government and different avenues to know that they should be helping the BME community to get to certain level that um, they're capable of. Um, it's not lack of ability, it's lack of open doors. Okay, so, you know, there's still a lot of work to do. But, yeah. you know, the black community has moved tremendously from the Windrush days. They're still traps that they've had to face. They're still pockets of deprivation. There's still discrimination. But... How do you see it developing further in the coming years? Um, I think if things continue to, to move forward the way they are now, 
Um, I'm glad to see I've been looking at we're, we're having an election at the moment. And there's been a lot of um, black people who've been elected all over the country in different seats um, that normally is they wouldn't have been elected in those areas. So I think something has changed and is changing, but there's still a very long way to go for, for that change to be acceptable for people like myself and people like Operation Black Vote who, who are really pushing for that. So in, in terms of your own self, I mean, how do you see your future developing and what would you like to see happen in the future? In the future, I would like to be an MP, which I'm actually in the process of being on the approved candidate list. And um, I would also like at some point to become an, a, a mayor <laughs> in my area. Um, yeah, so, and to make a difference so, in the community. So, so you're quite ambitious and you're probably saying to Boris Johnson, I hate you calling an election too early. Uh, you need you, you probably need a, a year or so. So, do you think you'll make it at the next election? Um, I think I will. I've been told there will be seats next year as a councillor because I, I qualified last year as a councillor. So, there should be seats for me in 2020 as a councillor, and which is a good place to start. Um, it's good to start somewhere, and I, I, I think sometimes it is good to start um, in a lower part of the job as a counsellor and then progress your way upwards because you then get an understanding of the job you get an understanding of your community and what it is to work on the ground because I know a lot of people complain about MPs are always in parliament and they don't understand the people that they work for so I think as a counsellor it will give me that opportunity. Okay so if anybody was is watching particularly from the BAME and the, and the black communities and they wanted to contact you or find out more where they can get help how could they do that and can they do that? Okay yes um, they could contact me via email which is the best way is mercy415 at um, icloud.com or via my Facebook which is mercybest and those are the best contacts. <laughs> okay, well, that's great. Well, okay, we've sort of come to the end of our half hour now. And I mean, that's been interesting and interesting because I think it will have made a lot of people think about, uh, you know, the, the main communities and how they're changing over time and that no organization or party or whatever can capture them completely because changes are happening. And okay. I think that's a real learning experience for all of us. And it was good talking to you and, um, you know, hearing about your own journey. So thank you, Mercy, for doing it. And it's been great having you here. <laughs> thank you for having me. Okay, well, that's, that's good. So we'll, uh, we'll end this interview now. Mm -hmm.